Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. See? I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success you do that on purpose you do that on purpose wait <laughs> Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> Just leave it all in. Hey, everyone! Niagara Falls. <laughs> slowly, I turn. Inch step by inch. inch. Step, step by step. step. That's it. I quit. I'm done. Good night, everybody. It's been fun. All right, fine. Welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. And John. And Judy. Oh, my God. You guys are, are a laugh a minute. Uh, but only one per minute. You don't pay us for any more than that. Certainly. Wait. I don't pay you. Oh. <laughs> Who's giving me those checks in the mail? For real? That's weird. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't cash them. You might be selling your soul. Yeah, there was a lot of fine print on the back. I got it from a nice Nigerian prince. <laughs> anyway, did you ever see the internet, internet meme where a, it's like a Nigerian prince died leaving millions of dollars to no one because he couldn't give it away. <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of Nigerian princes, John, how are you doing? That's a weird segue. Okay. Yeah, would... I'm fine. Have a good week? Anything yeah. fun? Anything exciting? Not really. Not really. No. Got to, oh, Netflix has Godzilla Singular Point out. It's a lot better than the last. It's a it's a series instead of a, a feature length movie like the last three they the animated ones they put out. Oh, it's animated. Okay, it's animated. It has Jet Jaguar in it. Ooh, I like Jet Jaguar. I I know, and and it's it it's actually pretty good. The only thing I can see is like like most high concept anime. Yeah, Godzilla's in it, and a bunch of the other monsters are, but it also includes diatribes about non Euclidean geometry and fourth dimensional cubes and yeah it it's the concept is really interesting but i think the action makes up for it and i mean not makes up for it i mean like if there's monster shit in it there's also some you know high highfalutin anime you know stuff in it so it's it's pretty it's good you should watch it does it include an azimuth cascade probably does it deals with it deals a lot with time loops sorry it's a, it's, a, it's a reference to the latest uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, man, I got to catch up on that. So, yeah, no, nothing much else. Okay. Oh, I got promoted at work. Well, hey, congrats. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. You can't you can't gloss over that. I was hoping to just sneak that right in, you know? <laughs> no, wait. Does the promotion give you more responsibility? Actually, technically, I got the, the promotion because I have been taking that responsibility for myself for the last three years. 
does it come with more money? Yes. Yes, Hey, all right. That's what matters. Yeah, you're right. It's like, otherwise it's like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Do you have to get an NBC Comcast tattoo? (laughs) No, that's level six. I'm only level five. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes. We've all heard of the the promotions where you have more responsibility with the same money. Mm. Level seven comes with a tall, cool glass of refreshing (laughs) Kool-Aid. I think you drank that a it's long the, time ago. It's the flavor aid you have to worry about. Mm. That was the spiked stuff. Yeah. Well, they congratulations. They were, they were paying money for Kool-Aid at Jonestown. <laughs> hey, bargain basement shop that stuff. That's true. Uh, anyway, congratulations. Danke, danke. We're, we're proud of you here. Very. Superhero speed. Well, that's somebody. <laughs> Cat's being a dick about the whole thing, huh? Yep. <laughs> I'm sure your mom is proud. I haven't talked to her yet. Oh, oh. Well, maybe if she watches the show, she'll she'll now know you. So in 2020, uh, it's past 2020. Yeah, going back in back in time at that point. Well, you know, with the non-Euclidean geometry, it's just you know you kind of do do a time loop thing. And how about you, JD? <laughs> we had the state tournament on Saturday, finally in June, which is still weird. I drove through a flash flood to get to Springfield. That was scary. Wow. Yes. It opened up and said, I got a notification on my phone saying, if you don't have to be on the road, don't. And I looked around and said, well, shit. Hmm. And then it got spooky. I had to pull over a couple times. I couldn't see 10 feet in front of my face. But I arrived in the capital of Illinois, which is a dump. And we had a wrestling tournament. We had five state place winners, three in the finals, one champion. And we took second. We should have taken first. We were in the lead the entire tournament and let it slip at the very end. So want to be the state champions eludes us still. But... It was a really good day on the whole. I was very proud of my boys. We, uh, we've had a guy in the state finals the last five years in a row. I think we're the only team in the state that can say that. So I'm very proud of uh, very proud of what we've done. Very proud of my kids. You know, go Barbs. Excellent. We're the uh, Barbs because barbed wire was invented in DeKalb, Illinois. Because very, it's a dump? Okay. <laughs> no, DeKalb's awesome. No rocking a DeKalb. No, but they invented barbed wire. That's what our town is known for. It was a big controversy over which barb was going to make it because there are like four different kinds of barbed wires, and like there's a big there's a big documentary about the controversy of the 1800s of it. Yeah, that's where barbed wire was created. Nice. Every town, every town has something stupid like that. That's ours. Wow, John's getting promotions. You're coaching in state championships. How about you, Dave? What'd you do? Talk to any good Nigerian princes lately? Yes, actually. No, I actually, so last week was my birthday, but we always celebrate mine and my brothers together because the twenty he's the 26th on the 19th. So we celebrated my birthday. And, and it's funny because my mom always gets me, you know, like a card with some money in it and a shirt. That's every year she does that for all of us. And she got me this shirt and it fits and it's a 1X. Hey, so, Nice. I was happy about that, and and I got myself a birthday present that they, I ordered actually a while ago and came this past week, and, and I'm not going to play it because I know it freaks JD out. Creeps me out play the computer. <laughs> but I got myself a new guitar. It's pretty. Yes, it's a it's a it's a it's a Firefly, GS style. Is it going to get canceled soon? <laughs> it's Twenty year old joke for you folks. There you go. I uh, I, I watch <laughs> I watch a couple different YouTube guys that not only play music but review guitars and he does expensive guitars and bargain guitars and, he, and this is a bargain it's considered a bargain guitar but he like was raving about it and it's it's two hundred dollars and it's funny because 
if you want it, you have to get on the site early when they're in stock because they go out of stock really fast. Because huh, just it, like it, all Lime Skittles, they're they're <laughs> really good guitars and they're really inexpensive. And it's funny because not much is known about the manufacturer, and there's only a few places that sell them, but they pop up. Yeah, you have to buy them. So if you want cool. a decent Les Paul copy for under two hundred dollars, uh, Firefly got so. a Les Paul variant, if you will. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a segue if I've ever heard one. I learned from the best. So, yes. And then, of course, the other exciting news is there was a new episode of Loki this past week. Uh, I guess we're all caught up. John? That was for me. I know. Yes. I've been baggling slow. (laughs) How would I not? That's one thing I will not, you know, the Marvel stuff. So this is an interesting episode because it just was, it was basically getting to know Sylvie. It was just Loki and Sylvie. Well, that's the thing I love. So John and I were both right because it is Lady Loki, and she changed her name to Sylvie. So that's the, no, the MCU. No, I version. was wrong. I was wrong because I thought it was Sylvie and not Lady Loki. Yeah, but, but basically, they, they, they decided to just combine them for the MCU instead of having yeah. two separate characters. Because Lady Loki was dark haired and Sylvie was blonde, and they just went with they said screw it, blonde. So yeah. yes, mm. <clears throat> and and then I guess it was also reviewed revealed that Loki's bisexual. Hey, if you've ever read the Norse myths, bisexual was the least of it. Right. Yeah. He's, he's doing horses and bugs and demons and whatever. There were I flocks mean. of sheep that feared him. Yes. Uh, just like you, O'Grady. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was interesting because like... Amish house party <laughs> with sheep. Oh, God. Like... <laughs> other than, the Amish there, not listening. It's one, of, it's one of those episodes where like... Nothing for the plot really happened. No, no, not a damn thing happened in this episode, really. Yes, but it, it definitely moved. It was character development. No, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't know what really happened. No, we don't. We're, we're, the whole time, you've got to have been wondering who's in whose head. No, I didn't wonder that at all. So, you sure? I discussed this with my son afterward, right? So there's the, there's the scene near the beginning of the episode. Well, kind of near the beginning of the episode where she tries to enchant Loki and it doesn't work. Right. But at that point, is she in his head or is he in hers? This whole thing might've been a dream sequence. We don't know yet. That's, that's the whole thing because I was thinking, well, is this just a trick to get information from him? But then my son pointed out that and I like, like he made up this world where the world's being destroyed. So they're in a hurry. So he needs the information. But my son pointed out that no, before he tr- she tried to enhan- enchant him, we already knew that the world was being blown up. Right, but this could be her trying to get as much information out of him as possible before she grabs the 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 time thing. I like, you think? Uh, you think? Well, that she- it, see, I, I I thought maybe there was a chance that it was it wasn't that to, until the end, but at the end, the ship is blown up. They have no way of getting off the planet. You know, their only hope is Mobius and Mobius. You know, porting in there because. It's it's a calam- you know it's a catastrophe that where nobody's going to survive. So he might be checking those to find him and her. But other than that, that it I think I think this whole thing is a boondoggle. So so JD, you you look like you have something. I don't think so. It's a six episode show. You don't waste your middle ground to, to do a a full episode psych out unless you have a very thin story. But was it a was it a waste? I don't think it was a waste. Though. I kind of do. I think it's my least favorite episode of a Marvel animated um, series yet. Really? Yeah, I didn't. 
I found I found myself bored multiple times throughout the course of this episode. This character development, it did not so, did not do much. The huh. the one thing though, obviously Dres- the, the Dresden books are really skewing your your perceptions. <laughs> the question actually, let's watch this before I listen to the Dresden book. But yes, the the question is how do they get out of it? And I think, I think John hit the nail on the head with Mobius porting it. Right, Mobius, not Morbius. That'd be a much different show. Right. Or, or Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But. That's going to get old at some point. I don't know when. But so. Ten minutes. <laughs> there's a whole thing that we discovered. You, the Eupharians can hide out in apocalypses. Mm-hmm. Because everyone dies. Found that or, out last episode. Yeah. Or in the TVA, apparently. Where everyone is a, is a variant. Yes. Oh, yeah. I guess that is the only like important thing we really that learned was, in the yeah. episode. That that they they think they're created for that, but they're actually all variants. So this is a big this this is going far from the actual canon comic, right? Yeah, they weren't all oh, variants. Yeah. They were clones, they were but not clones. variants. Yeah. But my son had an interesting theory. I'm like, oh, you know what? That that if they can save one person from the apocalypse, it creates a branch. Yep. So then the TVA has to go there. That's so, true. But how they're going to save somebody? Loki doesn't have anything that can save somebody from a planet. He doesn't? Can he call the Bifrost? I don't think so. Because if we assume time is in a He linear... called the Bifrost before. Oh, yeah, but this is in the future. He called, the, Bifro- he Bifrost called the Bifrost in Ragnarok. Right, but the Bifrost the, this... doesn't exist in Yeah. This, How do we know is... by 2077 they haven't rebuilt it? On Earth? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. It's 2077. It wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Back. It wouldn't matter the way they call the... Bi- There's only a few ways to call a Bifrost. One... Loki is by called, Heimdall, but Heimdall isn't isn't around Heimdall to see wasn't, him He's dead. Heimdall wasn't running the Heimdall. Bifrost, and Loki called it in Ragnarok. Well, yeah, but somebody was watching it, right? right? And watching them specifically. Yeah, how do you know somebody isn't watching it now in 2077? Because Asgard doesn't exist anymore. Asgard's, rag- a, Asgard's not a place. We've Asgard's had rag- a people. But we've ragged, but they don't have a Bifrost. Yeah, they don't. How they do don't you know? Have- they could have rebuilt it by now. But how does Loki know that? And how do you know it's the? I mean, it's like a lot of like. And why would they listen? Tr- why I'm saying it's something he could try? But but it, they could try it. But he's they. Everybody knows he's dead. Why would they listen to a fake? That's Loki? true. That's true. Yeah, I don't I think know. they can do that. I think that I think the Occam's razor, right? We always overthink these things. It's never what we overthink. The simplest solution is the most accurate. Mobius is going to get him. But he's yeah. just. Why is he just going to like? There's thousands of apocalypses. He's going to happen to land at the right one. Yep, because there's something else going on. But they, they just remember this is a time travel series, right? Lady Loki, what? Sylvie. Uh, Sylvie. Sylvie has been basically staying in the same catastrophe the whole time. She just once it, once the catastrophe happens, she just loops back and stays in there again. Mm-hmm. And it never matters because it it's always going to end the same way. Right. So so you know they have all the time in the world to try literally every cat- catastrophe ever. You know that's it's, true. This isn't what, one of those things where they have to go go in in synchronous time. What's time? Excuse me. What's time to the TVA? Right. Well, they do they do point out in the second episode that time still moves for them. It does, but you oh, can check one and then check the other and then check the other and then check the other. He can say, "Oh man, I had to check ten thousand time streams." But remember, because because Loki asks, "Why didn't you just come back before the variant?" Because created? if they come back before the variant was there. That branch, that branch mm-hmm. hasn't started yet. Right, but like they skip come, the, and they'll skip the. Why don't they come? Why don't they come right as it's created? 
because the branch they, doesn't exist till no, you can't go there. Mobius explains it. Mobius explains it because their time still moves. Like it, it's it's a it's a pseudo explanation. Oh, right, right. But, put, the, but the thing is, only once the branch is created are they then on the synchronous time thing. Never put, until that happens, they can go anywhere they want. Anytime. Never put they. never put logic and rules over narrative. True. Like this fiction, they're going to bring them in at the most at the most opportune spot because it's better for the story that way. Well, that's true too. But they but haven't. No, again, they haven't. No, always, Sorry, this we always is, overthink these things, and it's never—it's never the things we imagine. So yeah, but it's—it's go it's consistent the with their explanation. It is consistent with what they said in that. Second. Yes, but here's the thing too: is we the person, the people who have been giving us these explanations have been proven by this episode to be liars. So they're unreliable narrators. So we can't true. trust everything they say. True, very true. So basically, anything can happen. It's probably Mephisto. It's magic. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that too. No, yeah. again, like this is again. This is. I really felt like we were treading water. A lot of this episode, like we did learn about about Sylvie, and to my a controversial point, opinion here, JD might be on an eye on this one. I don't find her to be as interesting as the original Loki, right? And Tom Hiddleston is just such a dynamic presence, and he's so good at just eating the scenery around him that I really felt that she, I don't feel she held her weight in comparison. See, but I, I, that's the reason why I think that they're in her head is because she's luring him into a false sense of security in that because she because she didn't act like she had it like she's been been masterminding this whole thing this whole time and suddenly she becomes this incompetent and angry you know willful person it's like i don't that doesn't jive with how this was all set up so so either she's not running this running this this whole thing or she's just lulling him into a false sense of security making him think that she's actually incompetent and just you know, tripped into making it work this far. You're not wrong. And I definitely expect some level of deception because now we've got like multiple levels of deception going on. So now we don't know who's telling the truth because we know Loki lies. We assume Sylvie lies. Now we're finding out the TVA is built upon the house lies. So there's a lot going on. I just meant performance wise. I don't yeah. think she held up to Tom Hiddleston, right? Like yeah. he's still, and I'm, I'm, I got a bad feeling that we're, we're looking to phase out Loki and replace with the new Loki. And I just don't know if I think this new Loki is a superior version of it. It's very hard to upstage Tom Hiddleston, though. It very much is. And I, I think, felt, I feel like that's what this whole thing is about. I think, you know, I think Tom Hiddleston would agree that he is the superior Loki. Um, <laughs> he says so numerous says so. times. Numerous times. Yes. Had it tattooed on his back. <laughs> if anyone would. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you that that's a possibility, but I don't think, I honestly don't think, I don't think it would work. Like, I hope it's, too much of, it's too much of a gamble, I think so, you know? We seem to be in a place right now where it's really, I wrote like an you can, you can replace ahead. You can replace Steve Rogers with Falcon, Falcon. Mm-hmm. but because he's earned it. He's been in the movies, he's been, at, he's been Cap's partner through all the movies, you know, he's been there the whole time. He's a character that people like already. He has that behind him. So you can easily say, okay, make Falcon Captain America and people will accept it, you know? And then they gave us a whole show to, to really button yeah, that up. Usher him in, yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't bring a character out of nowhere that, like you said, JD, isn't as good as an actor. You have a history with Tom Hiddleston. Everyone loves Tom Hiddleston as Loki. You can't, like, if you're going to just make a new baddie, don't. Don't don't give us an, another Loki like that just doesn't work. Yeah, kind of already done that though with uh, old Ralph Boner. 
You know, oh, God. You know, I don't know. It seems like this. That was a one-off, this, though. It was. That's why, like, I'm not 100% sold I'm right, but I think I could be. Like, I, I wrote this article today about, because WWE is saying they want to be the new Marvel, and I wrote this article about how they have a long way to go before they can even chase that. And I said yeah. one of the advantages that Marvel's always had is their characters can exist in perpetuity, where in the real world you have to be creating new stars all the time. And then I said Marvel is in this weird place right now where they have to replace their kind of first generation of stars because they're either aging or don't want to do it anymore, right? And we're right. seeing a lot of this um, next generation thing going on in the new phase of Marvel, and it sure seems to run, this, this story seems to run in line with that. Oh, there happens to be another Loki. This one's a girl. Isn't that better? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just being jaded, but it just, it strikes me as that. Well, I, it, look at it this way. If this whole last episode was a, was her invading his mind, oh, look, we have a guest star. Tomorrow I mean you. Buddy, you can't be in here, right? You're supposed to go take a bath. <laughs> We're hiding so, from the bath time. So if if this whole last uh, episode was a dream sequence, or yeah, basically her invading his mind, and and her incompetence, and and you know temper tantrums and stuff were just her playing him, and when we get you know in episode four we go back to yeah hi I've I've gotten everything I need out of you goodbye and and we get back to the menace part I think she, I think then she's a good character but if this is all really part of her you know makeup then you're you're kind of right. Isn't that a Mary Sue though? Based on like the least this this term gets thrown on a lot in like um in nerd comic book writing. But isn't like literally creating a different version of the character and showing how much better they are than this one, like the very definition of it? Oh yeah. Like so this is like where I'm and not, I'm not as much on the bandwagon for this as everybody else is. And also not and also the fact that like you create the character, just say that they're better and they yeah. they don't earn it. They don't you don't show them. Oh earning. yeah. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Anthony that's what DC Mackie, would do. Anthony yeah. Mackie <laughs> earns it by the time we get to the end well, of Oh yeah. Over the course of like five movies in its own show. But is right. that what not this Loki show is like that's my secret fear now, is that's what this Loki show is really about. It's gonna be Sylvie's story of how Sylvie can become better than Tom Hiddleston. And it just I feel like I, I don't know, like immediately, I think that might be why this episode didn't do a whole lot for me. You are such a ham. This is for our YouTube <laughs> viewers, my five-year-old is trying to steal the show. Right, no, and I agree that uh, Two. That, is, that is a good fear. I think if we're, we're take smart... A, let's take a second. Do you need to... Uh, there he goes. All right, I think if they're <laughs> smart, they'll leave it open-ended and see how the fans react. I don't disagree. I mean, let's be honest. They're I, not above I, a trial balloon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. One of the reasons people don't like Captain Marvel in the MCU is because they brought her in. And it's like, oh, here's the most powerful character. And like, she didn't earn it. You know, like, even though the movie is, is literally them trying to make her earn it. I, I don't disagree because she is used as kind of a deus ex machina in, in Endgame. Exactly. Infinity War. Or it's just like, because we didn't have her before this movie started. Now it's like, oh, now Captain Marvel can save her. It's really like very plot convenient. Right. You know? But it it kind of works. I feel like this one is a little bit. And again, maybe this is just me kind of reading the things that aren't there. But I did. I came out of this episode a lot less excited about the next three than I came going in. Well, let it's Marvel. Oh, I'm gonna let's watch it. Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if they make it up. You know. Maybe yeah, they for sure, for sure. Well, I will say this: there is the current theory. So there was. Uh, which theory? Which of the 1,000 theories? Oh, I got a different one for you that I got from my sister while I'm supposed to share it. Could be. So apparently there was a trailer released for the next episode and then taken down. Oh. 
and go on all that survived were a couple stills and in one of the stills is mobius or owen wilson in a pickup truck and what in what appears to be ancient egypt and there's a pyramid and the sphinx next to it this is very doctor who but go continue well those of us who know our marvel history there's oh a, no there's a certain character oh no apocalypse no no well i think i know where you're going with this but continue there's a certain character who we know is going to be showing up in a movie soon and is rumored that he might show up in this show who used a well yes who used a sphinx shaped time machine uh, who's that kang kang oh oh kang used it He's Kang's a, first, Kang's first, Kang doesn't show up as Kang. Kang evolves into Kang. Kang's not yes. the only version of Kang. Rama Tut is the, is the, is Nathaniel Richards is the character. And mm. Rama Tut is the first one that shows up. Then he eventually becomes Kang and Kang eventually becomes a Morris. Right. Very hard to follow if you're not. But he had a Sphinx shaped time machine. Is this, is this like Rama the Thanos Tut. copter? This predates, this predates Thanos. This is Jack Kirby. Hey, come on, man. Who else could have come up with this stuff? It's true. This is, uh, this is pure Kirby. Uh-huh. Pure, wild, unadulterated Kirby. Now, so maybe I could, you know what, Dave? I can see that because it fits. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think ancient Egypt was one of the places that one of those bombs went off. So, huh. could do Apocalypse too, but I don't think they would because we just had the Ivan Ooze. No, I don't think they're going to get Apocalypse when we know Kang is coming. So, and it might just be a quick, like, little thing, like a nod to it to set up Kang, but yeah. So, it's, I know, hope. or Kang could be running the whole thing already. We don't know, right? Boy, and those timekeepers, one of those guys sure does kind of look like Kang. Yep. You know, I thought that the first time we saw that statue. It does. It looks a lot uh, like Kang from the comics. Yeah, I hate doing this because, like, we always imagine things that aren't there, and we've been bit a couple times now. So, I don't want to do this, but we're doing this. Yeah. So I guess we got to do this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, wasn't our theory that one of the one of the timekeepers is. Mobius, one of the timekeepers is what's her face, was, and then the third is Kang. That was my that was my wife's theory. Oh, my sister in law. Oh yeah. This is this is a stretch, but I want to play with you guys because I found it entertaining. One of the one of the timekeeper Thai TVA people makes a big deal about what's a fish. He doesn't know what fish is, but Mobius is eating a Caesar salad. Can't have Caesar salad without anchovies. True. So I said, what definitely I have them, a Caesar salad without it. Without well, anything. not Caesar like dressing uh, is made from anchovies. Uh, anchovy oh. paste, yes. Yes. So, but I asked my so I asked my brother, "What the fuck does that have to do with anything?" And he said, "Well, he's li- his, based on that, his character is a liar, <laughs> obvious." And I said, "Yeah, okay. I mean, like, it's a, it's a stretch, but no more silly than anything else we pontificated on this show." And and Marvel tends to go into the minutia as in the video we just saw, where you know you never know what little fact or little background thing is going to make a huge difference. I mean, like stuff doesn't get thrown away. I do think that uh, I go back to WandaVision, the devil is in the details. I do think that's a red herring line more so than just a throwaway line. I think that line is intentionally there to make us think it's more, it's uh, Mephisto, not to like, cause we're supposed to, they're, they're telling, they led us along. It wasn't like we, we envisioned Mephisto being this. They, they teased Mephisto the whole time yes, they did. as a red herring. So maybe, cause they don't have throwaway lines. It's entirely possible or just a giant coincidence. To be honest, I'm leaning toward giant coincidence. But I said I would express the opinion. Eventually, Mephisto will show up, and John will be happy. Yeah, in twenty thirty. <sighs> I don't think we have to wait that long. Someone said they they're not going to do that because of China, and I'm like, you know, they don't have the Disney Plus in China. So it doesn't Which, really matter. Exactly. So. That's that's why they can do Mephisto in the shows. 
in the show. So they're not going to let that on. They're not going to let the devil on Disney. So have you seen Vantasia? <laughs> yes. He's right there. Huh. So three episodes to go. And I don't feel like we're building toward. I mean, like, I, I, I feel like we're lost a little bit. I feel like we've lost I, the plot I, a tad. I think we are a bit adrift. It, it, it's one of those things when they throw an episode like that in the middle, it loses the momentum we were building over two episodes and it's and that's and when it's only six episodes you lose a lot you know if this was 20 episodes and they threw this in oh yeah that'd be fine right yeah and and yeah and i it was also missing we all i think enjoy the the banter between wilson and tom hiddleston and you don't have that in this episode you have the banter between loki and sylvie and that just isn't as good it wasn't as good no I said, I don't think she's like bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think the two of them had this like dynamic, you know, tit for tat charisma that Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston had. Like, I just thought it was there, you know, it wasn't yeah. bad, but I don't think it was like, man, they nailed this. Like the two Lokis, it was great. Like it really kind of, I was, I was really underwhelmed by it. Yes, yeah, and it's funny because you would think it feels like they're trying to play off well, they're the same person, so. They have the same emotions, so they should get along, you know, but yet they don't trust themselves. Yeah, don't make, trust. But that makes sense, because why would Loki trust? Like, Loki knows better than to trust himself. Right. You know, I buy into that, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. Something about this whole episode was off. Yeah. Are you getting messages? Hmm? Hopefully. Oh, yeah, but I'm McDory. Okay. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, Tinders? No. Someone, <laughs> someone's swiping left on you? No, no, no. Nor Match.com, nor Zeus, nor Cupid, not not uh, Hinge, not... Okay, never mind. <laughs> plenty of fish? It was plenty of fish. Oh, God, no. It? Plenty of fish is all just bots. <laughs> I think they're all just bots. All right, anyway. Whew, no tangents. Uh, it's funny because this show is nothing but tangents. It's literally about tangents. Mm. It's about variants. Variants are tangents. Oh, that's true. Tangential variants. Matt Hero speaks. Matt Hero speaks. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So let's see. Hopefully it gets better next week. Hopefully Owen Wilson shows up right at the beginning of the episode. And we get back to our banter that we all enjoy. But speaking of banter, you know what else we enjoy? Uh, ramen? Social media mix. I miss ramen. Ramen, I can enjoy ramen. I, I, I get ramen all the time now. I at, can't at, eat ramen. Why not? Gluten. Oh, gluten, that's right. Not that only in sucks. the noodles, but in the powder. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Kill are me. You, are you trying to avoid social media madness by talking I'm sorry, about you're ramen? saying words, Dave, but they're just not making any sense. I've been to ramen restaurants, and I find them to be over... I had it met Before I got sick, Matt took me to a place with like an ink... Like an ink, what? Like a, a, a yep, squid yep. ink ramen. I didn't like it. I don't. Well, I I, I want to go to Japan just so I can go to an authentic ramen house. I you know, but. I love to go to Japan. I cannot eat at the ramen house, but I would eat like a lot of rice. Oh yeah, no, they got great. I'm sure everything else is great there. Too. Acai like like real Japanese acai beer is fantastic. The stuff they make in the U.S. is full of gluten, so I can't have it. But the real stuff from Japan is really good. So is there gluten in sake? Can you have sake? I don't know. I've never had sake. I should ask this time I go for sushi. Oh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Dave, are you? Uh, so so let's get, like, yeah, let's go on to, yeah. There's a commercial break now, right? No, social media <laughs> madness. All right. What does Don have to say about this? Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about the new Aquaman movie, and the title was going to be Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And we pontificated. Pontificated. thank you, <laughs> on what that possibly meant. And Tim Jones. Oh, boy. 
chimed in and said, maybe the kingdom was just misplaced. Hmm. Not, eh, not his best, but I'll take it. In fact, the title's not that good, so I'm not going to fault him on that one. So, you know, yeah. sour grapes. Better than well, across, across the country, yes. And then, of course... Sometimes you, can only work, sometimes you can only work with the material that's presented to you. Yes, yes. We had talked about the new Shazam costumes and what we thought about them. And Mary Marvel. And, and Mary Marvel and her legs. I mean, and... Uh, oh, my God. And... Uh, <laughs> well, <that's> a, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she's pretty. She's very like, pretty. I'm sorry. She's pretty. Yeah. Well, to... Yeah. Okay. I said he was, like, perverse. I said she's pretty, like... Can make yeah. that observation. Well, you're talking superior Mary or, re- or regular Mary, graceful lady, or Michelle Borth, the, the lady playing, or Michelle Borth, yes, Michelle Borth, yeah. Didn't we discuss this on the show? Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> we had this, we had this like deja vu speak. Rob Foster said, "I am generally disillusioned with the whole franchise. Warner shits on another one of their DC properties. The Rock had better be awesome as Adam, or <sighs> oh, he will. Wow, that's strong." Based yeah. on some pictures of the suits, what were you expecting? Yeah, I well, mean, the, the, the suits don't look bad. I mean, oh, I thought they looked pretty good. To be I'm, honest with you. I'm assuming he didn't like the first movie. Well, fair enough. I mean, I disagree with him. I thought the first movie was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. compared well, to the co- other DC movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, compared to the other DC movies, it was it was like maybe what it number was Shakespeare. Two? It was like War and Peace. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yes, Anthony Bourne, who's at Anthony Bourne Eleven, replied with a gif of. Billy Batson jumping off the roof and saying Shazam, turning into from the first movie. So, man, this it's going to be hard when these kids get older <laughs> to keep doing these movies. Oh, it's yeah, this is the problem with casting kids, you know. You're, you're kind of they stuck. Grow up too quick. They do. I mean, look at Tom Holland. I mean, it's only like through the genetic lottery that they can even think about continuing to let him play a high schooler, you know? He is- to be fair, the best Peter Parker stuff was him as a college student. So, yeah. Yeah, you got some, you, got, you can play a college student until you're like 35 in some cases. They should they should move them up to college. I know right some now. people who were in college till they were 35. So I mean, hey Matt, I know you're listening. My brother went to school for seven years, and we jokingly called him a doctor, but he never yeah. came. He wasn't actually a doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. Continuing education. Oh no, he was. This was for the bachelor's degree. Oh. This was this was just for bachelor's. Well, college is really hard these days. I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a friend who who kept changing his major and was in college for like eight years. To be fair, I think it was like they changed his grad requirements and he missed something. So we had to take like one class a semester for like two, like a year and a half. So, you know, college can be messy like that sometimes when you're not talking to your advisors. Well, I dropped out of college and I make six figures. So kids, if you want to be successful, drop out of college now. Oh, you got I something in your eye there? I think you got. I, 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 you got something here. Find something. Excuse me. Oh my gosh! You so, uh, so it must be very painful. So, so, so moving on, uh, we Incredibly talked painful. about <laughs> so painful every day. We talked about Anthony Mackie had some words to say about the Falcon and Bucky shippers. Boy, did he! Oh God! Need to step in that whole this thing. This is the jeez. Look, talk about a landmine. To which our good friend, random, sexy, sexy landmine. <laughs> Randy Savage replied, I feel like this is more of a mistake rather than filled with malice intent. If your BFF doesn't make your family question your sexuality, then you aren't best friends. See that? That's okay. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you look uh, confused. I agree, with the, 
I agree with the first half of his statement. The second half, he loses me a bit. But that's okay, I guess. Each their own, as long as people are happy. Yeah, I think Anthony exactly. Mackie was trying to say the right thing, but it was like one of those. <laughs> it's like one of those things, like uh, like when you're when you're in the mountains and the snow just keeps pouring on you, and you're trying to do the right thing, but eventually you're covered in an avalanche, and you don't even know how you got there. Yeah, you just I, describe Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's pretty much every interaction I've ever had on social media. It, if it's Instagram, then you're talking about a septic tank. But you know, <laughs> oh there. my goodness. And then, of course, finally, we talked about Jamila Jamil being cast as uh, Titiana, Titiana, Titania, Titania. Titania. That's it. Oh, and She-Hawk and Random Randy Savage again said, "Looking good for my courtroom comedy guest based on in the MCU." Yeah, I think we all agree with that. Yes, which is probably uh, the best way to go. So go for it. Keep it up. Mega Podtastic said, "I." I'm just excited about She-Hulk in general. It's my most anticipated of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Something for everybody. Wow. Strong words. And mm. Rob, who's at RangersRobbie83, said she's a good actress. Bold. <laughs> Bold. Bold. Bold take. Bold take. It's Yeah, I know. It was brave of you, Rob. Very brave. <laughs> You're out on a limb, man. Yeah. I mean, she is. That's, that's fine. It just... Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, guess what? We're done with the social media madness. Well, the last piece we finished, finished? this year, Nerd Madness. Oh, we finished our March Madness in June. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, it's almost July, so. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the best part, well, the best part is I said, let's half the field this year to make sure that we can get it done on time. <laughs> Four months later, you know. It, it consider, considering the times, you know, if we just blame it on COVID. What we do with everything else. Yeah. So we had the Mandalorian up against One Night in Miami. You know, to be fair, One Night in Miami may have had some home cooking, but it belonged in this spot where it could be sacrificed on the altar of the Mandalorian. <laughs> Any guesses on who won, guys? <laughs> who won between One Night in Miami and, and the Mandalorian? Yes. You're kidding, right? Is that a trick question? Winner got one night in the Mandalorian. Oh, whoa. Oh, hey. Whoa. Oh. Uh, whoa. <laughs> at 80, 89.9%. Oh, my God. That is an ass whooping. Versus 11.1%. <laughs> yeah. One night. I mean, <laughs> the Mandalorian takes it. One Night in Miami was my favorite movie of the year. It's why it was the number one seed. Even I voted for the Mandalorian. Yes. But, of course, the true second goes to... Something else. That that soul. Pixar movie. Soul. soul. Yes. Pixar Soul. Thank it's you. Cro crooked. Um, the Gorilla Brain podcast replied with a gif of, is it John Carpenter's The Thing? That would be John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. With uh, uh, good old Kurt Russell Kurt saying, check me. 39 years ago last week, that movie hit the theaters. It was an absolute box office disaster. It took 20 years before pop culture figured out, hey, this is awesome. Yeah. It's like the best. It's a, uh, the best horror movie ever made. That's why they're called cult classics. I would I would go that, but yeah, but it's not just a. I mean, like it was at the time, like it did. It took twenty years for people to come around and realize one how good John Carpenter was because he was kind of too ahead of his time. Two, how good this movie is. Well, it was yep. it was kind of kind of like Alien. It was so far ahead of its time. It was, that it was so scary. People didn't know what to deal how to was, deal with it back. Then. It was super violent too for a mainstream movie. 
yeah. and even 40 years later you watch like my god this is violent but i mean like it's not like it's not like corny violence right like it's it's played like for a monster movie straight up real and just it just the world just wasn't quite ready for the thing and also, i'm glad also that the, the practical effects were way ahead of their time too and, and they so, still hold up now yeah, yeah i think a lot of good movies of good practical effects hold up better than like you know early cgi stuff clearly oh, yeah. You know? oh yeah but like this is a, this is a movie that like you can watch it today and it still holds like the like even if you don't know that dog is a monster you're like this is a dog like they knew, never would suspect the dog yeah it's, it's genius it's a brilliant film and it deserves all the praise it gets all right so Mandalorian we need, we need more praise yes I spend all time praising John Carpenter's the thing when the Mandalorian. <laughs> Which we've praised Mandalorian a bunch on this show. As I say, congratulations to the Mandalorian. I look for your prize in the mail. Coming soon. Keep your eyes open. It'll eventually get there. Sure, Mr. Filoni is losing sleep. Yeah. Um, and on that note, if you want to know how you could be part of Social Media Madness, maybe give us some suggestions for next year's Nerd Madness. Here's our good friend D Squared to tell you more. Should finish that up in about 2027. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of Social Media Madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at SuperheroSpeak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. All right. Well, thank you for that, Don. Don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerd Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. On that note, we'll take our first commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. Did, hey, did you miss you guys, us? Did you guys know that George Lucas, before he sold Star Wars to Disney, produced like a 40-episode animated series that Disney that never got never released? Re- yeah, that Disney has just sat on for the last decade. Seriously? Uh, yep. Yeah. Like with, It was him and Seth Green. It was like a Robot Chicken-esque like comedy show about Star Wars. Did you no know? one's ever seen it. Jeez. Speaking of uh, things that should be on Disney Plus. Yeah, no kidding. Stand by. Hey, okay. bud, what are you doing? Oh, you're getting your bears? Okay. Can I get a hug? That's what I want to do. Oh, that's what you want to do. you say goodnight to everybody? Goodnight. Goodnight. All right. Goodnight. You are such a little attention. H or W H O R E. So, speaking of things that should be on Disney Plus or things that are on Disney Plus, John brought this to our attention before we recorded tonight. That, this uh, was really cool. Thanks, John. I appreciate this. That WandaVision, for those who have watched it, and I see I'm one of those, like, I don't go back and watch it again. They Why? There's so much more it. new stuff to watch. They yeah, edited exactly. it, the after credits scene on the last episode. 
and no one knows why and it wasn't like a, it wasn't huge changes it was slight changes but it feels like well the theory is that they're going to use us in the opening scene in multiverse of madness so and they had, to, they had to change it to match the opening scene and right. add a few things for like a fight or something which makes sense because again when we reviewed that sequence originally i said it feels like a evil dead where the you know you have the, the the sam raimi crash zoom which that i didn't know at the time that raimi actually directed that sequence but when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, Remy totally directed that sequence. <laughs> you know, because it yeah. definitely looks like it looks like the house in Evil Dead. I said that at the time too. It turns out that's on purpose. I mean, it's funny too because it's it's little things that if you're not really paying attention, you're not going to notice. But oh, that stuff, no, you, I would never notice in a million years there were more trees added. Right. Or, that or that they the removed ducks. a duck in the front, right? Or that they moved a duck, yes. That was so vastly unimportant to me that I never would have thought of that. Or thing right. will get residuals now. Or they cleaned up the glare in the window. They didn't quite clean it up. They left an artifact, which left people to guess on what something was. Well, it was just yes. a boo-boo, which, by the way, now that's out, Marvel will go back and make sure to erase that artifact. Unless they so did it... it does. Unless they did it on purpose, like I, I don't see how they could. I mean, it, you once you know it's an artifact, it's, you know, for when they zoom in to yeah. the to the window, but it's still like that is very sloppy for for Marvel, which normally is on point on everything. Uh, stuff happens, you know, yeah. and it's not like like they. I don't think they go over their shots with a fine tooth comb quite like you know the Milton fans who are looking for you know. Uh, you're like QAnon people basically looking for messages in their Cheerios. <laughs> True. Like, I'm blaming so, Mephisto. For but, yeah, blaming Mephisto. Exactly. Mephisto ruined my alphabet. Like, but, but remember, like adding trees to that with a, with a zoom, a, a, a zoom oh, that was that, that far, that's, that's very hard. hard. So Absolutely. I can't imagine that they, they, whoever had the technical expertise to do that also left an artifact in. Oh, because you don't care about the artifact when you had to add all the damn trees. You're mm -hmm. focused on adding the damn trees and you forgot about the stupid artifact. This is, trust me. This, this he, he was under the gun. You have to have yeah. to stun by midnight. Did yeah. you know mm -hmm. one time I was eating alphabets and I had a spooky message in it? It said, ooh. Oh, man, you owe, you owe Seth MacFarlane for that joke. And then I realized I was eating Cheerios. All right. Oh, my God. So I would suggest anyone listening, go back and rewatch that that final scene and see if you can tell the differences. When we share this on social media, you should actually tag the video in there. Might as well give that guy some boost because he actually put a pretty good video together. So Yes. Hmm. Oh, you mean new rock stars? Yep. Is that who it is? I've never, I've never yep. seen their stuff. Yeah, it was new. Was really, yeah, they do a lot, really of, well a lot of videos like that. So Could have done without the 10-minute energy drink commercial in the middle of his video. But They got to pay them somehow. bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of videos and paying bills, we got a new trailer for Shang-Chi. Sound like my wife. Sorry. But did you guys watch the? Have you seen the new trailer? Um, I did. Oh um, yeah! So it's fantastic. <laughs> it, it, it is it, awesome. I will. I, I will say this: the first Shang Chi trailer, it felt like a kung fu movie. It this did. feels like a superhero movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Except for, oh, like okay, they're bringing the abomination back from from the Hulk, which is is cool, and Wong. Is fighting the abomination? I'm down with that. Of course. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but in the 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 Hishi, the how it should have ended for Endgame, Wong, they, they pointed out that Wong could have saved the world like eight times. Like, okay, all those things are about to break through the shield in Wakanda, right? All those all those demons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mirror universe. Mirror universe them all. You're done. You know? 
they had he they had you know the he she had Wong come in and say mirror universe Wong you know it's like pump his fist and walk away it's like you know it's like I I can't see how you know how Wong couldn't like take out the abomination pretty quick right because and I will say that right because it's like in the in the beginning Strange is fighting what's his name the wizard that was with are we having a brain fart yeah I'm having a brain fart the main the main villain in those movies oh the crink the the guy who needed sleep because his eyes were so like crinkly up uh Casilius. Casilius, no no right? no 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 in infinity war um oh thanos Th- well, thanos thanos's wizard oh not the wizard the telekinetic oh, uh glade course cor- oh, shoot cor- it's the ebony mall yeah yeah yes so so they he keeps him busy but by the time you get to that scene in endgame he's already gone so Wong could just show up and, and wouldn't have to deal with that. So yes, I agree with John. Wong could have saved the universe, or at least saved Earth. Hmm. Oh no, that was still Infinity War. But still, yeah, he, he could have saved it. So Shang-Chi trailer. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. they repurposed all the rings. They're, I mean, they're not like... Yeah, they aren't like finger rings. Yeah, but they, do they have different powers? Yes, in the comics, they all have a different, they all yeah. have a different power. I mean, in this, in this case, there is like a, a direct fighting style... I can't, that involves having iron rings around I, your wrist, you know, I, yeah. for defense and and to add power to your punches, but which your strikes. Feels, but. Which feels more like a kung fu movie, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I like that. It's not. I like that they took put a different spin on it. Spin on it. It's not just like you know the finger rings, and especially like come off as very Green Lanterny. So they did right. something different with them. So I, I'm. I still get a kung fu movie feel because he's literally underwater meeting a dragon, which is one of the coolest things they've ever done. Which, which wasn't Fin Fang Foom, apparently. It's oh, like I didn't some think about the... it being Fin Fang Foom. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. Too. I mean, and it, it very well could be, but I've, I've, from what I've heard, it isn't. It might be just a dragon that's protecting the place that the rings came from or something. Just like a dragon. Hey, man, it could be Falcor. I don't care. Yeah, I, I know, like right? Dra- I like that there's a dragon <laughs> in this movie. Like, I like that it's that they Marvel could... went with an all Asian cast and didn't just you know have an Asian guy sprinkled with white people. Like, I'm like, yeah. hey, all right, you guys committed. Like, you guys went all in with that idea. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I would have personally liked it to have been toothless, but it could be Mephisto in disguise. Oh, for God's sake! So. Even I don't go that far. I don't think it's Mephisto. Yeah. Now, if they do a TV series on disney plus for this then i just i really like the look of this i really and, like and it, aquafine is in it and she's i'm sure she's going to be funny but it's you know i i she seemed kind of low-key in the in the trailers but i she's also a fairly good actress so i think she'll add to it visually I speaking i see a lot of inspiration inspiration for ryan coogler's black panther movies you know with just um, right. how the colors are popping from the the, the the backgrounds and I just it seems like it's drawn a lot of inspiration there and I, which I'm a fan of I love the look of, of Black Panther so I'm, I'm excited for this movie I really am yes and I'm sure she'll she's gonna play the role of like what's his face in, in Ant-Man the, the guy who's who, who tells the stories the comic relief but Luis was his name yeah Luis what was oh god what the, what is the actor's name it's Michael Pena that's it Michael Pena mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's gonna be like that's what the that's the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. You have the super serious story, this this hero, and there's the friend or somebody, the companion. There's always a comedic foil in this. Yeah. Unless, Dar- unless you're Darcy. Yeah, yeah in, Darcy in the Thor movies. Yeah, in, unless you're in Loki, and then you've got two comedic sidekicks just working together. It's Loki and and Mobius. Yeah, they're both kind of comedic, but you you don't really need like Marvel. 
Marvel, it, it really does have a bunch, uh, uh, well, a, a handful of formulas that they're using for every one of these movies. I think they have to try and get away from that. They've been mixing it up with the TV stuff, but they still have to really get away from, oh, we, you know, they, like, yeah, Disney owns them. So now they're always going to have a comedy sidekick, you know? It's like, uh, yeah, they I, had that before, though. Yeah, they had that before Disney. And, yeah. well, not um, really. I mean, Jarvis. Yeah, it wasn't more comedic. It was more like a. Jarvis was pretty funny. Jarvis he was more like and a straight happy. man. And happy, yeah. Jarvis and I mean, happy were both comedic sidekicks. Yeah, and I think that uh, Cap didn't. We didn't get a comedy sidekick in Cap. I'll give you that. Yeah. But, the but they rest... don't. They don't need it. But they like they're 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 starting to rely too heavily on that one. Just like they Bro, rely too heavily yeah. on the the bad guy. Just has the same power as the good guy. You know. By the way, that also seems to be present in this movie. <laughs> I was going to say that that's that's the big Marvel formula, and that's obvious. That that's what this movie is. Well, in this case, it makes kind of sense though because it's well, like it makes, the history, it, but it makes sense in all of this because that's a lot of times what Marvel villains are. Like Marvel's got a ton of. Villains that are just dark reflection characters. Like even Magneto's just a dark reflection of the X Men, right? Yep. So Yeah, but he doesn't have the same powers as them. No, but he's he is mutant. he is an evil mutant. Well, yeah, but he's got magnetic power. It's not like Iron Man where everybody who fights him has to have a, an iron suit. Fair. Right? Fair. Mm. But he's like he's as he's as different from Charles Xavier as the Red Skull is from Captain America. Like, you know, it's still it's still dark reflection, more so than anything else. Right. You know, this and, is and what I could be if I wasn't. The, the other, the other side of that coin is the most popular villains of a lot of the heroes are the dark reflections of the characters, <laughs> not necessarily you know their first villains, but like I mean, Spider-Man and Venom. I mean, you know, Spider-Man is the one character that has such an eclectic rogues gallery that represents more of like slivers of his personality, more yeah. so than just straight up over the top. But you're right, Venom is one of the most popular. Of his, especially because he became the hero, like the villain, excuse me, of the 80s. Like he was the Spider Man villain of that year. And he's really because he was emo, he was super emo. Yeah, I mean, like, but he also no, came he around at the extreme. right time. Yeah, he was extreme, but he was extreme before extreme. Was extreme. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he was really a, a prototype for what stuff, well, for what things would become in the 90s. Yeah. Right. Like Venom. Venom almost serves as the inspiration for Thanks, where things are going to go. Well, it's the guys who created Image created him. I mean, like, who is it? Yep. It's, it's Todd McFarlane and uh, Eric Larson are the guys that. Yeah, they're the guys that like define the look of Venom. Who then, you know, oh hey, this works. Let's do an entire comic series. Let's do an entire comics universe based on, you know, Venom and X Force. Yeah. X Force. Hey, that's <laughs> the we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of Image Comics. That's crazy. I know. It's, Damn, that's insane. I remember when oh. they came out. Me too. Yes. I was a teenager. I was a uh, kid. I'm a little comfortable in that. I was a child, but yes, I remember. I remember. John was mom. an adult. John was an adult. John was. I was already old. I convinced my mom that if we bought enough copies of Spawn, it would pay for my college. If she listened to a ten-year-old. What was she thinking? John, you were born old. I buy yeah. that. Yeah, I kind of was. Like Lao Tzu. Yeah. So. So what else? Scar oh, all right, all right. So let's move on. Uh, we got some. Speaking of moving on. Speaking of moving on, we got the, oh, good one, I John. got one. You're good job, burning. John. Uh, I just Johansson. ruined it by calling it out. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson just recently did an interview with uh, comicbook.com where she talks about saying goodbye to, to Natasha Romanoff. Now, is she lying? How she, how she uh, so. is proud of what she accomplished with the character and how, you know, she... the. 
it was so important about how the character sacrificed herself for her friend and, and the universe and blah, blah, blah. So only two more movies and she can she's going to say goodbye. Yeah, she cares. She died three years ago and now she's finally saying goodbye to Black Yeah, Man. and I'm not buying it. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole thing stinks. But by the way, remember that whole thing I said about replacing about replacing heroes with heroes? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and here too. Well, we had the what Captain America. What's his name? Shoot. Steve Rogers? Steve, no, no, the, the actor. Oh, Chris, said, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yeah, he, he said he was finished with it, and then we find out that he's got, like, more appearances, it, like a, a new contract not, and more appearances. That's not official. This is still, it's still rumored in UN until we actually see him. Yeah. And remember, all the actors from Marvel lie. I have to. But Except for Tom Holland. Because he's him, him, they just keep in a closet. <laughs> he gets his sides, when, like, on the screen. Like, he has cue cards. I can't trust him with a script. I know. <laughs> I've heard that. You mean on set? You said on screen, but but yeah. So I don't know. There there are rumors that they they were gonna make a trilogy, but again, it does look like maybe this movie is setting up for us to get a replacement for Natasha. But we now live in a world where variants and alternate timelines exist for Marvel. Do yeah, we have a whole so. series about it coming up. Yes, we have a, we have a couple movies coming up about it. Wait, who, who would they replace her with anyway? Right? There's another Black Widow in the Black Widow movie. Yeah, well, yeah, but the they were I, none of them are young enough. They're all like Florence Pugh's like twenty four. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I, w- I was going to say Rachel Rachel Vice won't commit to. It. She she's a great actress, but she will never commit to something long term. She's like also that. like fifty. Yeah, and there's that too. No, well, but Florence, she looks like she's thirty. But you know, she does. She looks Florence, great. Florence Pugh's like twenty four, so she's not. Right. You can get her for a long. And to be fair, I didn't realize this until just today. Scarlett Johansson's been Black Widow since 2010. That's 11 years. Yeah. That's a long time. To wait for your own movie while everybody else gets theirs. Well, even, just, even if she never got her own movie, she's still playing this character for 11 years. I mean, that's like Kelsey Grammer, Fraser Crane levels. Yeah, well, it's there, it's different between movies and, and TV, but... It is, yeah. but I mean, like, you're so, like, you're like it's almost like TV because you keep coming back to make these movies, right? Like, she makes other things, like, on her downtime. But like TV, she comes back to play Natasha every year or something like that, every two years. Right. So yeah. it is more, it's it's closer, this is closer to a TV actor than anything. Ten years yes. is way longer than most TV shows run anyway. But yes, the character that she's playing, not Scarlett Johansson, the other one, is playing, it was Black Widow in the comics for a while mm-hmm. as well. So it's like, yeah. Or Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. Yelena mm-hmm. Belova, yes. In fact, that's that's so funny. If you go to the if you go to the Wikipedia page for Yelena, that's a it's a picture of it's one of Greg's pieces of art. There. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> not. That's hysterical. Uh, so yeah, so hmm. so you could be right, JD. They could be replacing her. I mean, that's what you do in these things, you know. This is one real true testing point for the MCU is how do, how do people really react when everybody gets replaced and when you have the next generation? Because we've seen as comic fans, like just in comics, people kind of go, yeah, I'm over this very quickly when you don't have your, your guys. Like I, I still wonder at what point we just press the, the infinite crisis button on the MCU. Ugh, don't even go there. But yeah, It's got to happen eventually. The point is, is that in the, in the comics, when they change the character like that, you know they're going to go back to the original at some point. Can't do, that in real, do that in can't do it in real life. Yeah. No. So I'm saying it's kind of it's actually kind of uncharted territory. That's why the MCU is a mix of like the was it the, what's the universe where they they're all aging Ultimates. in real time? 
the ultimates, ultimates right but that didn't last because they started aging yeah like you got a you got a decade out of the ultimates and then they and that's been the ultimates launched 20 years ago and it's been gone for like eight and, and you know? they oh really they got rid of it well. because they were all old and they couldn't come up well, because with anybody. Well, the whole thing of the ultimates is supposed to be like you know no continuity easy to follow and then after a decade then you have your own continuity that's hard to follow mm-hmm. and they kind of lost the plot in a lot of those ultimate books that and they Spider-Man. killed and the thing is they killed off a lot of the characters and then tried started bringing in new characters mm-hmm. that no one cared about so right. people stopped reading them right and again it lost it lost the focus of what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be easier versions of the characters you love. So it's closer to like a movie. And again, after a decade, it's not I'm like sorry. That you take uh, you take three episodes. You take three. You take three full issues to tell Spider-Man's origin. I think it was six. To be honest was with it you, six. I don't remember. It was re- like I'm still sorry. Brian yeah, Bendis' Spider-Man run is still like my one of my favorite things. I don't see Peter Parker in the costume by the end of the first issue. I'm done. I'm out. It's mm-hmm. just like. And they made it more convoluted. Shame on you, because that's 150 issues of great stuff with Bendis and Bagley. It's like literally one of the I'm greatest a, runs a, of a character. I'm not a Bendis fan. Shame. Well, moving on Shame. from Bendis. But don't worry about Scarlett Johansson. She's still working. She will pr- be producing and starring in Tower of Terror for Disney. Okay, first off, Disney... Stop making movies out of your rides. It worked that one time. Which time? The, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, oh, but only yeah, because yeah. you had you know Johnny Cap- Depp, one of the greatest, like one of the the greatest stars of his generation. Yes, correct. Well, also like he that he was playing himself basically. Almost, you know. I don't no. know if Johnny Depp even knows what Johnny Depp. Is uh, yeah, I don't know if John, I don't know if anyone knows what Johnny Depp's really. Okay, like. well, yeah. But he was um, really good. <laughs> He's really good. Hmm. Oh yeah. And we also got the Haunted Mansion. Right. The Haunted Mansion was Country horrible. Bear Jamboree. And... Hey, wait wait until they come out with the uh, was there it's a, a small Bear world movie. Jamboree movie? <laughs> there was. Oh, I yeah. Don't... Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We had a Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. That was awful. God, that was horrible, too. That was horrible. Mm-hmm. Far, uh, far more misses than successes. Jungle did they do Cruise, cruise with uh, The they Rock? They did with The Rock. It's basically, see, that's cheating because that's basically a remake of African. With just yes. Rock playing the Humphrey Bogart role and, and uh, Emily Blunt playing Catherine uh, Hepburn, like so that one is kind of you're kind of cheating in that one, but it did work because it's the Rock. Oh wait, and they did like there's another one that I'm forgetting. I know there's another. Shockingly, there is no Space Mountain movie. No, there is not. There was Witch Mountain. There yeah, was I was going to say Witch Mountain. That was a mm-hmm. book. That wasn't a. Yes, that is true. Well, it was also like three movie, three made for TV movies or something. Based like that. on books, yes. Hmm. Yeah. So, Which were based on the old Alexander Key, The Forgotten Door book. Really? I think so, if I remember correctly. So they Alexander made books Key based on other books? Alexand- yeah. Well, that's where they got the idea from. Alexander I, read Key Escape, was... I read Escape to Wish Mountain, I want to say, in elementary school, maybe junior high. I forget which. But like, yeah, I know the Forgotten were... Door by Alexander Key was mm-hmm. way before that. I take your word for it. I've never heard of that series. You're fun, you're my go-to guy for fantasy stuff. A, a lot of a lot a lot of the concepts for for that those kinds of books and movies were gotten from Alexander Key, like the the Forgotten Door, the Case of the Vanishing Boy, and a couple of others he wrote. It was like the first science fiction books for kids. Hmm. So like contemporary Bradbury era, or even before that. I forget. It's like mid mid seventies, maybe. Okay, so maybe so even early six, maybe even late sixties. Okay. Interesting. I've never. I need to like research that a little bit more. Yeah. So anyway, there's oh, your tomorrow's Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Yes, I heard that was actually pretty good, but couldn't find an audience. A mission to Mars. Is that a ride? 
I think it was a ride. Oh, I, never, I don't remember that one. There was a unused pitch for It's a Small World. Thank God, that would have been a horror movie. And The Country Bears. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, Forgotten Door, 1965. Oh, okay. Anyway. Whew. Well, oh, he he wrote Return to Witch Mountain. That's where he got any. Oh, so, so he was doing his own thing. So yeah, that makes, yeah, basically. That makes even more sense. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never mind. So, uh, <laughs> full circle. <laughs> so, are we, are, are we, do we want to see a Tower of Terror movie? No, I don't want to see a Tower I, of Terror I, movie. I could care freaking Even less. Even starring Can't, Scarlett Johansson? She could play a tree. She wants to play Now a tree. stop. Now stop. What? But, but, but I'd watch her in a movie. I, I mean, I'd see I'd watch her play a tree. Oh my God. Maybe The Giving Tree. That Shel Silverstein book was really good. You wouldn't watch her play a tree? I wouldn't watch anyone play a tree. It's a freaking tree. Oh, come on. She what if it's okay? Maybe it's a tree from Wizard of Oz, because those trees were badass. They were throwing apples and talking shit. Like, How about the trees from uh, Lord of the Rings? The Ents? Yes, they were badasses. Yeah, fair How enough. How about the trees from Day of the Triffids? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> it's, it's, John it's, manages uh, to outnerd us every chance he gets. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, my friend? That is a very old sci-fi movie about about the day that plants come alive and, and basically take everybody's sight. It's really weird and a happening essentially. No, no, it's way it's better than. Well, yeah, 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 well, there's not much. It can't be worse than the happening. That's a war. That's one of the worst mainstream movies ever made. Yeah, what was that? Day of the Triffids. It was like 1951. Oh, that is old. So, yep. And it's about trees that take over. It's plants and trees that that come alive after something happens, and well, it's like a, that's the perfect era for those like you know atomic holocaust type movies. You know, like oh, the bomb has released this yeah. thing, and like you know, of which Godzilla is the most successful. Yep. Speaking of of successful movies, let's go across the aisle to DC. There was a new trailer released for the Suicide Squad. Dope. This looks. <sighs> I was not. No, I'm not going to say horrible. It's going to be. This is going to. This is going to be. This is going. This is going to be so horribly good. It's just, going so, to be amazing. It is, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's wow. Just, Alba is an amazing actor. First off, let's let's yes. put that out there. Yes. Why he isn't Bronze Tiger, I have no idea. But whatever. Or or the new Deadshot. Because we had a Deadshot, so I can't I let him do that. But I mean, like he, I he he looks like Bronze Tiger to me. He essentially, he's playing Bronze Tiger. Is this the same Amanda Waller from the first Suicide Squad? It's the same actress. Do you mean the same character? Yeah, is it the same actress that played Amanda Waller in the first yeah. one? Okay. It's remember. the same actress. Yeah, but... Whew. This looks a lot more fun than the, than the other one, though. Oh, but I like, definitely. I, I like how it's bouncing back and forth between tones. Like, it's showing that it's going to do a lot. Like, there's going to be a lot going on in this. Oh, yeah. And John this Cena is... is just playing this straight so, man stupid... So, so, I love it. So, so, yeah. so, okay. It's awesome. I'm glad you brought it up. Is that going to be John Cena's thing in the movie? Sex jokes? Sure, why not? It's so different than, than the image that John Cena has carefully cultivated over the last decade plus that I find it fantastic. I yeah. mean, in the last trailer, he said he would eat all the dicks. He would, just for liberty. Yeah. And then, America. And, <laughs> yes, for America. That's what it is. America. And then, and then in this one, Project Starfish. Because starfish is a butthole. That's <laughs> slang for a butthole. Is that is that, a, is that important? Oh. What? I I just I mean like they've already I mean they've obviously already spoiled the uh, the big bad in this, but like 
I never thought I would see Starro on the big screen. I agree with you. And I was all for a smaller, quieter excuse me, Suicide Squad movie. No. But we're not clearly not getting that. But I mean, like, part of me is like, man, if they just, I think I'd have lost my shit if they had not showed us Starro and waited. But I don't think, I don't think Warner's confident enough in their product to hide something like that. Yeah. Like, I wish they were, because that, that would be a moment in the theater. Because, I mean, I'm in with John Cena well, making dick jokes, to be honest with you. I didn't need Starro. Isn't that the same as uh, Marvel showing Spider-Man in Civil yeah, War? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. I have same, same exact... Probably lower key, because if, you, if you'd if have thrown Spider-Man at us as a curveball, that's a big curveball to keep. That's a big one to keep secret. Starro, I find that that's not quite as much. Like, I can't put Starro on the same level as Spider-Man. How many people that know Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman know who Starro is, right? Just the people who listen to this show. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's mid-tier at best, even though at he... Best. He's, even though, you know, realistically speaking, he should be able to take over the planet. Well, he's the he's the first Justice League. Oh, you mean the Justice Society? No, Justice League. Oh, all right. I believe it's either the first Brave and the Bold, the first issue of Justice League. I forget which off the top of my head. But well, he, he was, was the first enemy they. But he's so bad. He even gave like he was in Batman Beyond. He was. He's everywhere. Star was a great character. Yeah. It's a strange design, right? It's very fifties, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. But in concept and in execution, Star was a great character, great sci-fi villain, and terrifying. And terrifying. You've got the face hugger thing going. Yeah, yeah. It's very. I, I'm convinced that's where they got some of that inspiration from Alien. To be quite honest with you, because that's what Starro was doing a good generation before. That's right. possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. The Suicide Squad should be a lot of fun. Yep. Yes. I'm down for it. Can't. All that is right. definitely a popcorn movie. Oh yes, all the popcorn. Yeah. So, so I know that JD is a fan of a show that started in the 2000s. It was based on the adventures of a young Clark Kent. Superboy without the cape. Yes. John, Somebody say! God, I hate that song. I know you appreciate te- the show. I get um, teary-eyed every time I hear it. I hate so, that song. I love it so much. Would you guys be interested in watching a Smallville cartoon? The only, if, the- only if they brought Allison Mack back. She's oh, that's busy. not going to happen. She, I know, she's, right? She's, she's, she's a little occupied. <laughs> She's making sure she's not dropping her soup. Well, well, that and Christian she, Crook, but she is the wall of weird. Yeah, I had no urge to watch this until you sent me this story, and I went, "I'm in." So, huh. so it's funny because oh my god, Rosenbaum mentioned it on his podcast a while ago. Like, oh, it's an idea that Tom and I have been kicking around, right? But like, nothing came from Tom Mulling. Now Tom Mulling is coming out and is like, "Oh yeah, uh, we're working on a Smallville cartoon." amazing how 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 good friends those two are you yeah know? they spend they spend a lot of time together 10 years is a good chunk of your life to spend with someone yeah you know? yeah but it's still you know really interesting that they are so good friends that like even now you you ask them both if they want to appear in anything else you know superman related and they both say no but then they do this it's theirs you know like i think it's because one doesn't work without the other like they're they're my favorite superman lex combination right they're pretty they, good they they the two of them capture aspects of the character that I think a lot of, well, we'll say better actors don't get. And I think a lot of it is, is the, uh, the chemistry between the two, 
right? There's this interesting balance between them where you could see that where we literally saw them as best friends and worst enemies in it in it work. Like oh, you strip away all the stupid Smallville stuff, and there's a lot of stupid Smallville stuff. <laughs> yeah. The core relationship of the entire show is predicated on on Clark and Lex, and it doesn't work if the two of them don't have the chemistry they do. Yes. Right. Right. And it's, um, that is I mean, the show. And and HBO Max needs content. Yep. I'm watching it. So now, of course, there's nothing official, just that those two are working on it yeah, and writing uh, it. I'll be surprised to say. Yeah. But, but I know a lot of fans are, are clamoring for it. So it, it, it lends the question, though, right? What would you want to see? Would you want to see? Would you want to see more Smallville type episodes? Or would you want to see him as Superman and Clark? Or Superman and, and uh, Lex as adults fighting each other? I or would post like post the crisis where he doesn't have his powers anymore. I would like, if it's me, I would like to see the Superman Lex thing because we never really got that. We got Superboy Clark Lex, but we never really got the Superman versus Lex battling in the public spotlight. And that I last think, that last one with him with him and was it Lex's father were just that was just a cop out. Oh, he's really good in that role though. The oh, he's good, but it, that the yeah. last the the the, yeah. the series finale. Yeah, just, when he leaves. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I would like. That's what I would like to see is them actually doing like real traditional Superman stuff. Like uh, the Jeff Loeb era Superman is really one of my favorites. The early two thousand stuff where you where Luke Thor becomes president and you do like Emperor Joker and all that. That's a really good era of Superman. Right. Uh, which at the same time Smallville was going on actually, so I would really like to see that kind of stuff. In the now we all remember the finale. He pushes Apocalypse away from taking it. That's when he finally puts That's the costume on. Flies. I up. forgot that it's what he did. Yeah, he, easily one of the most powerful versions of Superman. If he could just do that right off the bat, after he's just very very silver agey. But sure, why not? Yeah. So yes, and then it flash forwards to so many years and then he's on the roof him and Lois are married and he goes to the rooftop rips up open the shirt and that's how the show ends just my favorite Lois Lane I liked her so that's another question right like do we take it from that point where he's an adult and they're married and and they're established or from the actual end of the story in Smallville where he's still struggling he's Superman but he's still it's year one Superman. So I would, if it's me, I would like to see the lived-in Superman a little bit because okay. it's been some time since they went away, so we can we have a little bit of that. But before he loses his power, assuming that's even the same Superman and not just an inspired Superman, right? right? I would like to see him as the married, the pre-Chris. Like I said, they specifically, I want to see the Jeff Loeb Superman era. That's right, what I right. want to see. I hope this happens. I hope they can make this happen. I have no idea what I like. You know. The the series and the the TV series ended so badly, and then and badly. I I think so. It was it was like such a disappointment. You know, what were you disappointed about. You can get to see it. Asking for a debate on a ten year old season. You didn't get finale. to see him in a suit. Yeah, but um, they never. That was always kind of the con, like the the construct of the show was no flights, no tights. Yeah, I know, but and I agree. I agree. Today in today's era, you could actually embrace that more. But in two thousand one. We are not. We're not as comfortable with nerd culture as we are now. So hmm. they never wanted to. But the, the, the la- you know, but the last thing is him just put like just giving an entire planet a shove away, and the father turning into what? The father just turned into what's his name? No, the bad guy. Like Darth uh, Darth Vader. Oh God, no! His father, his uh, Darth, Lex's father, just became 
Like dark side. Dark side, right. That's yeah. what I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's like, it, it, that's, and then it's Spoke Monsters. It's just like, it was just all all over the place. But they weren't going to, like in 2011, they weren't going to, this is all, again, this was basically pre-MCU, where we just fall right. and embrace Thanos and be like, this is all they have. Like, remember, it was hard. They wouldn't do that. Like, we got a giant yellow fart for uh, Parallax in the Green Lantern movie. Uh, yeah. We got a big purple fart for Galactus in the Fantastic Four. And a sky beam this. for literally everything else. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because we had that, because they weren't comfortable with giving us, they didn't think audiences would buy, or too sophisticated to buy super villains. Like, mm. but now they just give it to you. They're like, fine, this is what you want. Here you go. Here's Starro. You know? Well, yeah. Now we're just going in complete opposite yeah. Hey, you guys exactly. are comfortable with everything. Let's give you. Let's give say, you the good stuff. We've been the target audience the whole time, and we're not sophisticated at all. No, that's true. No, but we would have accepted that. This thing is, they didn't know how many of us there really were, or that we could get well, people on our side, or how much money we had. <laughs> a lot of money. They just needed to go to Comic Con to see how many of us there were. Oh, true. And they never really did play that up at Comic Con, really, did they? Smallville. Yep. Like they never really like went all out. Like Smallville's always kind of like there's a it's this weird thing where it, it it wanted to be very DC, but in a way it's almost like it would get like embarrassed to be DC at yep. some points. Like sometimes you're like, yeah, here's the Justice Society. Not really. Here's the Justice League. They have jackets. Like it just here's <laughs> Cyborg. The metals on the inside. You know, they just never really like fully committed. Yeah. Like it was good for the era, and I have a special place in my heart for it. But you know. It's very much diet nerd as opposed to just, you know, uncut nerd. <laughs> diet nerd. <laughs> uncut nerd. I like that one, too. All right. And then, zero, if you will. <laughs> and then our final little bit of news. Not, not nothing big. We spoke about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Well, he's now looking for it. So it has been confirmed that filming has begun on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So Interesting. So, yeah. So James Wan is working and hopefully we'll get it before we're old i like how they gave us the title of it too they they told us the fake title because it's on the slate it says necris oh yeah yeah yeah. They yes blew, they gave us the blue harvest right exactly that's they that's so people won't show up when they're filming now they know to look for necris screw that up yeah well dc screws a lot of things up this is true this is true all right well on that note we're going to take our next commercial break and we'll be right back with our main topic these messages will be right back. All right. Okay, guys. All right. So first off, the last time we talked about one of these books, we were all over the place. So let's try to be a little more focused tonight, John. Huh? Sorry, I, I zoned out for a second there. So, what is this? What is this focus of which you speak? That is not our brand. Wait, 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 focus. Is it isn't that the, the famous grade school video um producer? Yes. So JD, are you still enjoying the works of Jim Butcher? I did, but I mean like I picked the wrong weekend to try to get this dang book in between thunderstorms and wrestling. It was much harder for me to focus this time around. And I think it it it, it impacted my enjoyment of the book. And it wasn't the fault of the material, but it was the fault of the listener. You and know? this is like the perfect book. This is the one I wanted to hear about because, yeah. you know, it's like, what do you think, Mr. Werewolf writer? Um, yeah, no, I, I like, I liked it a lot. I liked, um, I like that aspect of it. I like the first one more, but things like, as far as just like the characters, it's like, I like the world building in this one. I felt like this one, he was like, I, my biggest critique was I didn't feel like it was Chicago. I feel like it could have been any city in the world. 
and they just said it was in Chicago. This one, I think he did far more research because he was talking more about the neighborhoods and the surroundings, the surrounding suburbs. He talked about, you know, doing, I forget he said something about fixing something in Joliet. I'm like, okay, now you've actually, now you actually make it feel like it's real. And he talked about how O'Hare was on the, was actually outside the city technically and they were working with the Rosemont police. I'm like, oh, okay, now it feels like you did it for real. So that was, I really appreciated this. I like how we hit the ground running with the story not a lot of background we just go but yeah i i liked the werewolf stuff i find it interesting how much he gets away with just straight up exposition but he writes it right? so well okay. he does but it's just like exposition and again like from a technical standpoint you're not supposed to do that so it like that so, stands out to me but he but again he's like taking every bet that yeah, i get that. anybody I could said that. like like every time he take every time somebody says oh you can't do that oh he takes a bit and runs with it and you know and does a really good job of it yeah he's talented enough pro he's talented enough with his pros to make it work so are you trying to say something dave because obviously <laughs> we're talking about the second book in the dresden file series yeah Full moon Ooh. by jim butcher and then the first in the first book stormfront he confronted a dark version of himself, a wizard. Hmm, interesting. Kind of like setting up a Marvel movie. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Very much. And then in this one, he goes up against werewolves. Obviously, full moon. So, all right. So, yes, and we obviously, JD, John, and I were interested in what JD would have to say because JD writes werewolves in his books. I know. All right. So we got we got your 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 take, John. With that. Try to try to keep it focused. When you reread the book, Duh! what was uh, what was your initial thoughts after you were done rereading it? It's just as good as I remember, you know. And and I like how he was taking all of the tropes that like uh, horror writers have had before, like okay, you know, werewolves and vampires, and he's expanding that into an entire universe of well, there are four types of werewolves there's three types of of vampires well it's like there's at least four types of werewolves right yeah but you know it's you know he, was it uh hexen wolves classic werewolves loop gurus, loop gurus and lycanthropes yeah so it's like it's it's really i it's how i i like the way he, i like the way he writes yeah and the 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 one the one thing like uh, the the information dump which is like the bane of all writers everywhere. He seems to handle, he gets, he gets better too, but like it's, it's, he handles it in such a way that you're kind of, you're still interested in your reading it. You're not realizing you're getting an information dump until you realize, Oh wow. I know a lot now. Yes. And his dialogue always seems to be pretty snappy. Snappy. Yeah. yeah. His dialogue. Um, it's snappy. Yes. It it's, moves. It, this is the book where I really started appreciating his world, world building. Cause like, mm -hmm. yes, he, he creates, four types of werewolves and he creates his own rules for them as opposed to just following you know their, your typical thing and then i love the idea of yes you can take them out with a silver bullet but it has to be inherited silver silver like like little details like that it's like oh cool and like and he has an explanation for it you know about you know there being power of it being passed down and whatnot it's not just a like oh yeah, silver bullets. Yeah, that works. The Lone Ranger could take out a werewolf. Uh, well, and, and remember, speaking to the world building, it's like he's talking about things like a lot of books, they'll introduce something right when they need it. 
Right. You know, like, oh, uh, we've got this bad guy. Oh, well, we just happen to have this that's in the... In, bad, that's bad storytelling. Right. Yeah. But he's talking about the White Council and stuff. We haven't been introduced to them yet. We're not going to be introduced to them for a while. You know, like, yeah, we've got Morgan, but that, but then there's this whole other thing, like, and he, and he doesn't, he's not well, like also expedition, exposition dumping all this stuff on you too. It's like the White Council, which does this and that, and there's nobody, it's like, he's just mentioning it like you would in a normal conversation, but we haven't seen right. it yet. And it's, you know, he, it's like very natural how his world comes to light. Right, right. And exactly. And how he mentioned, like, the only taste we have of the White Council in the first book is Morgan, who's his parole officer. Which does not reflect very well. He he mentions the White Council in this council in this book because they're obviously interested in the supernatural and people who would use magic like to turn into a wolf as that is one of the types of wolves that's explained in the book mm -hmm. so right he explains how like he talks about how they'd be interested and they might get involved so they're trying to pin the stuff on somebody else I, i'm trying not to spoil anything yet but yeah like they build a whole a thing around that right like you know they're important and but you don't have a lot of detail on them Right. It's like the Emperor in in the in the Star Wars movies. You know, you don't really you don't get him until the Jedi. You don't but even you, learn anything about him until the prequel trilogy. Hmm. Right. But yeah, like you know that you know he's important. He's the he's the leader of the Galactic Empire, but he, he's mentioned in the first one. He's there's a there's a convers slight conversation with him in the second one and then you finally meet him in the third movie. So yeah. And this is where we start to see the initial like growth of his character, you know, he, somebody dies because he didn't give them enough information. He didn't like, he, 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 he was trying to protect them. And by the end of this, he realizes you can't protect somebody by keeping them in the dark. The right. Best, the best parts of heroes are when they fall up, when they fall down or when they foul up. Right. right. And because it, it gives a here, it gives your protagonist something to do. And too often creators are afraid to let their, let their characters fuck up. And let their characters make giant mistakes. And this, like, it's immediate. It's chapter one. He makes this gigantic mistake that not only really jumpstarts the narrative, but helps build his character. I assume for down the line, it gives him. Oh yeah. Gives him weight as far as like you know, I made this because in the first one he's just kind of reacting to what's going on around. Mm -hmm. In this one, he's really more thrust into the center of the story, and his actions are what kind of moves everything along. Because in the first one, he's almost more like a noir detective, where he's like we're like we the audience is looking at the world through harry mm -hmm. right and we're learning about things through harry and harry's more participating in it almost like an indiana jones right whereas in this one he's an active participant in everything and his decisions and his choices are what really moves the entire narrative forward and that's what's the big that's right. the big difference between these two stories in my opinion that i think is really interesting the werewolves are fine they're cool i like the they use the belt stuff because that's like straight up because like i did my own fair share of werewolf research over the years doing my own stuff so i like that they went with like the literal loop guru and how you do that the french werewolf story where it's like you're you're, you're using the, the the wolf belt to channel the spirit of it and how it makes you man i love the analogy that he makes this is really subtle analogy to like drug abuse uh, right because yes. i steered into alcoholism in my werewolf story 
and he went straight up into drug use. He even talked about, I tried cocaine one time in college, but it was nothing like this. And I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's an interesting little, that's an interesting little note that a writer can put in, whether that's true or not. It grounds it into, it grounds the, the yes. prose into something that makes it seem, even if you've never done that, it seems, I never have, but it seems more relatable. You say that and you're like, oh, that makes, like it gives you something. And I really like that. My favorite part of the entire book had nothing to do with the werewolves. My favorite part is when he calls Chauncey the demon into the and he binds him and he has to give him yes. his name and then you've got this the diet like the dialogue between them and the tit for tat was great and then you learn that his mother might have been a demon herself like oh we had we had such high hopes for her and he leaves it off then you're just like what else you got because that's my favorite stuff reading a series is the little breadcrumbs that you leave along the way to keep you coming back and yep. it's like as a writer that's my that stuff that's my favorite stuff to read like spider-man right like what you remember from spider-man isn't necessarily the villain of the issue it's like is peter gonna meet mary jane this time is this like the old stanley you know ditko books is all the little character beats that happen in all the stories that help form the character and this is one of those that i really liked because we we learned a lot about harry's dad in the first one and not much about mom right and this time you start getting little hints to who mom was and all of a sudden it's like okay maybe this is why harry is who he is like i don't know like i'm starting to fill in the gaps in my own imagination on what this could be because you got the child of a stage magician who and a demon together well a wizard makes perfect sense of what those two would be so i don't know if that's quite where it's going but that's the vibe that I'm getting that it's going. And it's it's very intriguing to me. That was far and away my favorite part of the entire book. And it was like, I forget what chapter because I listened to it. I listened to the audio book. It's like, you know, maybe five chapters in. And I was like, this is great. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, it's pretty near nice. the beginning of the book. Yeah, I loved, I was easily my favorite scene in the whole thing. I loved it. Or I loved, the, I loved in that scene where Chauncey pulls out a pair of glasses and puts them on. Yes, you're trying to picture this like bird-like creature with pinchers and. I just I love the, I love that James Marster kind of like channels like a snootier version of his Spike voice in right. doing that character, and it really helped paint an image of what he looked like in my head. Like a good narrator is so critical. Again, I did the audiobook and did the audible. A good narrator is so important to doing a, a story like this. Right. And it would, it really makes it, and I just, I really appreciate the extra steps he takes to do the voices and like really help set the scene for everything. And like, I can't say enough good, good things about his work in this. It's funny. My, my wife used to listen to the Harry Potter books all the time. Mine too. And it's funny because if you listen to the early books, these were, these came out before the movies originally, right? The movies came out while the books were being written. In the early books, he does voices, but as the book, as the movies start coming out, and the and he continues the same uh, narrator does the books. I can't remember who the narrator is for them. I'm sorry, like Harry Potter, he starts doing the voices of sounding, trying to sound like the actor play some of the characters in the. And I'm like, huh, I don't know if I like that or not. Hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think a, a narrator should do their own thing and not worry about what else is being done because right. they're creating their. But I wonder if that's direction from above in, in that Probably. kind of a case. But yeah, I, 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 I feel you. Now, this is also where we start to flesh out Murphy, Karen Murphy. Yes. And she, there's a whole arc with her. There's, I mean, there's literally an arc Obviously. with everybody starting, starting yeah. with this. So, but uh, I want to see where she goes because she's in this book, in the last two books, she's very cliche cop to me. And I want to see where it plays out. 
because I don't love her right now. And that's just my take. I want to, again, I've only got the two books. I'm curious to see where she goes from here. I don't but, think you were meant to, to love her. Because no, at clearly this point, not. Clearly at, not. But I don't even feel like she's vital. I, I don't feel like her specific character is vital to this to the narrative at this point. No, you're right. You know? But yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to like. I feel like I'm, okay, maybe I'm, I might be wrong, but I feel like I'm supposed to want the two of them to be something, and I don't. Am I off on that? Like, I almost feel like there's a Sam and Diane, like, I, I think I compared it last time to Moonlighting, you know, that yeah. I almost feel like they, I, I almost, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like I'm supposed to want them to, like, hook up, and I, I don't. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe a little, but the point, but, but his characterization of her is the way somebody like her from a, she's from a family of cops, mm -hmm. and, you know, and she's dealing with Supernatural, and there's a, there's a short story that happens before the first book, where she's introduced to the supernatural and you know and and Harry's there for her first introduction as well and so yeah, this this is how somebody you know who's who's supposed to be you know steeped in fact and you know and and reality is dealing with this this stuff and somebody who who is keeping secrets from her so, okay, real quick, I, I had this question in the first book, and I didn't ask you guys because I wanted to. I wanted to figure it out on my own in this one. Mm. Is this a world where the supernatural is accepted? Because sometimes it feels like it is, and sometimes it feels like it isn't. Because there's the existence of the of the supernatural newspaper. There's the wizard's bar. You know, it seems like it seems like everyone Harry deals with is very accepting of Chick. It's not. A, I don't know. I don't know if it's. But I don't know if the whole world is like that, or if just the people well, who are in Harry's circle are like just, that. Just, just Harry's circle. They, think, everybody uh, else are straights, and they're not. They're it, not supposed to to know about it. And there are certain like government agencies that know about it, of course, because you can't keep it a complete secret. But, but the White Council is managing all of that. Yeah. Does the poor old uh, Carmichael answer that for you? Hmm. Kinda not really. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from that, but I never. It still didn't really clear it up for me. Like, like I, yeah, like I no. think Karen believes because, or yeah, Murphy believes because because well, she's seen she, she's seen everything yeah. firsthand, right? Where like the people who haven't seen it firsthand still don't believe it. I don't know. It seems like people, but people keep coming to Harry, right? And I don't feel like we have. I don't at this point. I don't feel like there's a touchstone to the outside world who feels like swallowed up by this. Who's like, I don't feel like there's a skeptic character. So that's what makes me question. Of like, is this accepted? Well, Carmichael right? is a skeptic. But... Yeah, but he doesn't really like. He's not established early enough on like the, mm -hmm. to make me really wonder that because he doesn't show up till later and not in the first book at all. So it's like that's why in the first book that was my question. Whereas this like thinks there's a magic newspaper and the magic bar and like he's he's catching fairies or just hanging out in Chicago. Is this like that like like Rich, my buddy Rich Duke's gutter magic book where this shit just exists? Like, is this? I, I guess I'm still not firm into where the board where the boundaries are that's again maybe that's more clear as it goes along but for me right now i'm still not 100 yeah. i think i think everything you need to know is in the fact that even what's her face kim delaney even kim delaney who's an adept but not a full-on wizard she, but she, she 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 he won't tell her anything he won't even t discuss with her that the white council exists right right and and she's and she at, at least knows magic exists and you know is going to max and all that you know and, and yes and then karen murphy who's dealing with it he's not telling her he's not telling her anything either 
Right. Like, that's the question, though. Is like, because when we meet Kim, she wants to know wizard stuff. Right. Right. And that's like, so I mean, like, is that? And he's he advertises that he's a wizard. He's like, hey, I'm a private eye. Wink, wink. You know. He's like, I'm a wizard. So it's like, okay, is this a thing? Like, I know he says he's the only wizard, but I mean, like, there literally is a wizard in the yellow pages. So it's just like. Right, but everybody thinks that he's a charlatan. Right. Like, they they do think normal that. people yeah, think he's a charlatan. That. They do think, which is what you would think, but. They openly discuss the magic, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you that's, wouldn't that, only, yeah. only with the special with, with he, Karen's that, special. That's but people whole... think he's a charlatan because he's he says he's a wizard, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, that's why mm-hmm. I can't figure out where magic it, stands in this world. And it's funny because I thought this was explained like in the early books a lot, but he hasn't said it yet. And I know that this is this is something that happens eventually in the books where Harry talks about people ignore the supernatural when they see it because they don't want to believe in it and that's that, whole, and and right. i and i kept saying like where is that part because it's not in the first book and obviously it wasn't in this book so it, it's got to be the third or the fourth book where he talks about that right so then that is where it makes it clear like yes there's still the regular world going on and then the supernatural stuff happens so people don't choose not to believe it yeah that's that hasn't we haven't really seen that i think that's that's my biggest question this is it's just understanding the the world yet because I think it and it's a personal like I I'm a, I like the Stephen King stuff where this this crazy world exists just outside the purview of normal people right, right? and it just we don't really get the the perspective of normal people right you know it's not a critique it's more of an observation than anything yes. yeah I think I think you'll get more hints of that as the books go along I can see that the, the thing is that for the most part he's running in those circles. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a whole lot of outside interference, mm-hmm. especially when he goes to the other side right. or, you know, and, and, sort of things like Yeah, and I'll say that too, because like in this book, he brings FBI agents in it, but then the FBI agents end up to be werewolves. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The FBI guys are werewolves. So it's just like, like I mean, where are, and again, like again, my, my lead character, my books always involves the supernatural too. But for me, it's like very important to make sure that the people who are involved in it are like how is this happening because again that, that for me that helps me ground the story in reality so i'm just right. trying to figure out the world that it's in it's like do normal people know that magic is a real thing oh and i don't but, know the answer to that still but it is explained how can i say it is explained in it, it's, it's explained later yeah. why there is so much supernatural activity going on all of a sudden well, that's, okay kind of like ghostbusters right yeah, there yes. there is a reason. There is a reason why those feds had the belts. There's a river of slime under Chicago. I mean, let's... right. Well, it's it's actually much much worse you than know. that. But but the thing is that it yeah, yeah, yeah. right. He's starting to world build now, and the yeah yeah yeah. He's he's starting to world build now, and the thing. All right, all right. <laughs> but there's there's a reason why it, 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 you come to find out that there's a reason why it seems like there's so much you know of this activity going on and that, that you know that yes, all these people who would that's normally way have down, with he, it. We're, we're, that's yeah I know like ten books away. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with that because that's the one quest. That's the one thing I have a hard time wrapping my head around. Around I just like I get the rules for the magic. I don't know the rules for the world for the real world. Right. You know, that's my only question. I still don't know. And again, it's fine. It doesn't like impact doesn't impact wait my till, enjoyment. Wait till Harry and Butters are driving on a riding on a dinosaur, undead Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. Right I got no clue down, down, in downtown Chicago. And then then you'll understand. 
still uh, no mention his hat. There's still no mention of the hat. Nope, no, nope, that's nope. not. That's just not until like like book fifteen or something where they talk about him having a hat and he's like, like, "Stop with the hat." <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a great. He's got a like you said, snappy prose style. Like he's good. I like his, his sardonic humor mm-hmm. on a lot of this stuff. Like it's it's fun. They're fun books. Yes. So I'm trying to remember. Like I said in the last one, right? I asked, could you see that the two cases were going to be connected by the time we got to the end of the story? And you said, of course. I'm trying to remember if I could see this coming, like what the plot was going to be before I got to the end of the book. I think they do a better job disguising this plot because, again, this is a lot of like, this one's a lot more lies upon, you know, upon lies and a lot more layers to it. Everybody's lying. Yeah, it's hard to see. It's hard to see where this one's going because everyone kind of keeps their. St- it's a it's a more complex story than the first one. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how they were going to include. Oh, what's her name? The the, the girl from the beginning. I, I just I just blanked on it. Oh, you, uh, you mean Kim, uh, Kim Delaney? Yeah. yeah. I I wasn't sure how they were going to work Kim in until they find her body, and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like you know, and then you start getting it. How that whole thing comes together. But I mean, this one I thought was harder, not harder to follow, but I mean, I think they disguised the plot enough and they introduced enough of the various types of werewolves is to keep you guessing as to who's on yes. whose side and like it's hard to know the point is hard to know the score which is which kind of it keeps it keeps it more intriguing right when, yeah. when they talked about the four types of werewolves it's like oh okay this is important like they're not going to talk about four types it's going to play in a, into into the the plot by the end we will see all four types is basically mm-hmm. what i was thinking by the time we Which get to we, the end we pretty much do don't we yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. plus one more yeah right, right a wolf wear and loop gurus are not to be messed with oh no you no. learn though speaking of kim delaney and her being killed by the the loop guru that might be i'm wondering and that's what was playing in my head when you were saying you didn't like karen is that this is that the part of the book where you were just like I, I don't like this character work because like she doesn't give Harry a chance to explain. I felt that way in the first book too. Like, again, it's very, it, it's very like, like a stereotypical copy, which I know he's doing the very cop, not copy, <laughs> which I know he's steering into that trope on purpose. But like, I saw very little growth from her, from this story, from the last story to this story for the majority of it. She doesn't give Harry a chance to like, even explain anything. It's just like, no, this is what this is. And it just, it's the character. I get it. But it, I don't think it makes her much of a compelling character. Because at the moment, I feel like she's one note. Right. right. And, and that may yes. change over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. But right now, two books in, I'm very mm-hmm. on that's her. A, that's the thing about all of his stuff. It's all slow burn. But well, yeah. but when but you get to the end of the burn, it's really worth it. I, 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 mean, I, I think it worked for it. The, the, the issue I have is the only reason she arrests Harry at that point is it becomes a plot point for him escaping. I agree, because there's no reason to necessarily tie him to her being dead. Like, why? They, like, it's, again, he's just, of course, he's the prime suspect because, ooh, magic, and, oh, Harry must have done it. But this is the exact same spot we were in in the first book. And she saw Kim leave the restaurant, so she knew that Kim yeah. and, and Harry were friends. So he just saw his friend have her throat ripped out, and she's dead. And instead of saying, like, I'm sorry, you know, can you explain this? Give me, a, give him five seconds to try to explain it. No, she just goes right into cop mode, hits him, and arrests him. Which is, I guess, makes sense because that's a lot of the trope. It's 
truck. Like that's what yeah. cops do. She and again, she's not. Te- he's not telling her anything, and she doesn't. No. You know. That, no, what do you doesn't. do with the, with somebody who's not telling you? You bring them in because. Right. Yeah, but oh. that doesn't. But but that's the other thing. But that's it doesn't make gonna... them an, It doesn't make them a, a, a sympathetic character. True. Like right. I feel and like I'm not... supposed to. I feel like I'm supposed to like Murphy, and, and I'm supposed not... to feel something for. Her, and I just think she's a bitch. And it's not like bringing him in is going to make him talk. Right. He's a freaking wizard. Like, so it's just, but again, that's very cop. Like, I get that. Like, from a perspective of a character, all that makes sense to me. Like, everything she does, I get, because it does fall in line with the character that she was in the first book. She doesn't trust Harry. She doesn't trust the world. She doesn't really like him. So again, that all, that all falls in with me. But I don't, like, from a character, like, point of a, of a story is, you know, you have a character. Character has overcome an obstacle. At the end of the obstacle, the character grows. Mm-hmm. Karen has zero growth in two books. Well, yeah. Uh, but again, the first book was, you know, on a dare. With, yeah. And then the, and now now he's starting to build. So It is. Know. But in there, but there's growth from Harry. There's growth from the, the our werewolves, all of our werewolves. Like, they're all in a different place from where we start. Even Marconi is a more interesting character than her. Right. Like, she's just, she's so one note. Like, there's, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to build any, like, any sympathy for her as a character right there's I mean, just that, nothing there i mean that's the whole thing that he he establishes marconi in the first book as this hard-nosed you know mafia leader yeah very stereotypical mob leader. boss and, and but even then there's something you learn there's a little something to him and right. you're like okay and then this one they really they they build on that where we right. didn't get that in this one with karen and it's just like it's hard for me it, it's hard to not do much world not much character building with her so right. that's yeah and again she's a side character but it just makes me it just makes me not enjoy when she's like on the page yeah, yeah. i mean she becomes more important later on but yes it's uh you'll have to some you know watching. like even people in real life sometimes they it takes time for them to learn yeah that's fine and again in real life that's okay in a book i'd like to see some some growth over two books mm. <laughs> You know, that's my that's my critique on her. Again, Harry's cool. Harry's a real interesting character. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on with him. You know, I like he's a he himself is a bit of an unreliable narrator, right? Which I appreciate. Right. And like I said, everyone else, we get a little bit of something. We even saw some growth from Bob in this book, right? <laughs> but not her. And it's just like it's weird to me because she plays such a vital role in two straight books. Right. Well, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Because right now I'm like, why is she a woman? Other than having her, than having needing to be a woman. Like, why couldn't it be Dan Murphy? Like, these are the questions I ask when I read something. Like, why is this this? You know? Yeah. Like, and I think and that's me thinking about things as writers. Why Why are these choices? And like, for most of the time I can pick things out. And again, again, it's, we're two books into, how many books are in the series? 16, 17. Hot now. damn. So it's hard and, for me to still writing them, so. Yeah, it's hard for me to judge based on you know, couple, you know, a couple books, right. but again, it's like at the same time, you got to get me through. You got to get me to keep going. And I will, cause I like Harry, but yeah, that's my critique. All right. What's well, reading, John? Oh, seven. There are 17 books so far. That's a lot he of was books. counting the number of books. That's a lot of books. Yeah. And, and he's not done yet. Didn't you see him looking down at his toes? Uh-huh. You got a promotion, man. I trust the man to count. I want it. That's all it's good that, for. It's got to count that extra zero in the paycheck. It just, it just all it does is authorize me to take my socks off. <laughs> Thank God. Imagine those things stink. <laughs> all right. So so I think we beat this to death enough. Um, 
I guess uh, we can go around. Everyone recommend this this book in the series? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hell, yeah. Absolutely. I think I still like the first one better, but I like this one a lot. And just for the the growth of the uh, the potential of where Harry is going as a character. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like that that was that is my big take on this. There's a lot more going on with Harry Dresden. How do you mean how does Danny Murphy David Copperfield and David Copperfield is probably like ten years older than him? No. David what was he? He's, he's, he's Harry Blackstone Copperfield. Copperfield Dresden. Dresden, yeah. David Copperfield was born in like nineteen fifty five. You know, like well, he was already popular by the time Dresden was born. So there you go. Yeah. Or maybe it was time. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, because like I picture, I picture Harry, remember the book was written in 2000, 2000 and I picture Harry to be in his early twenties or mid twenties. Oh, oh, see, I read him as being much older. He's nah. like in his, I, no, I thought he was thought. early thirties. Yeah. That's how I read that his early thirties. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's been through, he's been through the P he first off he trained with, well, we won't talk who we trained with yet. I'm not there yet, please. Yeah. But but then he got his he he trained to get his PI license no, no, no. and I all think that. I... So he was he's but he's a wizard, so he doesn't he doesn't age that quick. Yeah, David Copperfield was born in nineteen fifty six. Like the 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 wizard, yeah. the, the, excuse me, the illusionist David Copperfield. Yeah. So I mean, Harry Dresden, if he's thirty in two thousand, he was born in like you know nineteen you know sixty eight. So like David Copperfield's like a teenager. Yeah, that's why I picture that's why I pictured he was in his twenties. If he was born in the eighties. Doesn't work if he's because he doesn't. Harry doesn't play out like a like a novice, right? Like he plays out like a guy who kind of knows what he's doing a little bit more. Which, to me, reads like somebody who's you know in their thirties. It feels like a guy who's been around a little, you know, because like a, a guy in his twenties, you're kind of figuring stuff out as you're going along. And there's so there's clearly so much that's happened before we even get to Stormfront. Right. I don't know. Is he old now? Like in the current books, is he kind of aging? Like with time, his hair is he like fifty? He's aging with time, but but and you'll again. This is revealed later. Does he age normally? They, or they no? don't age normally. No, I wonder. Not, that. Wizard, I wizards wonder don't that. age normally. Gandalf could have told me that, but in Merlin, yeah, okay, hmm, fair. So, what are you looking is, up? I'm looking up. Let's see. His completely unimportant, by the way, to the entire narrative of the story. But I just there was a question. Oh, I was just looking up his age. I was trying. To oh, I know that's what I say. It's complete. Like the Copperfield thing was completely. Well, not really, because that's that's the seat. That's what he had over Chauncey. Knows Chauncey doesn't know that. Like when he learns that middle name, then he's got the power over. By the way, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yes, Name having, I love the idea of names having power, and not just the names, but saying them right. I like to when they describe spells and why spells have words and why, like it's because uh, it's too hard just on the on the wizard just to say what you want it to do is you have to like put things in code basically just so you can do it without hurting yourself. Right. Which is why you have like stupid like magic words like hocus pocus. Like I like that was creative stuff like that. I'm like okay that's cool. All right, John <laughs> can't find it. So I'm just looking up. They they've got a timeline here, but it's all. It's all like before or after Stormfront, and the timeline begins with 67 million years ago. Sue roamed the earth, <laughs> so it's a very long timeline. Fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, when did David Copperfield become popular? The 80s. Yeah, what? in Vegas, right? Or yeah, somewhere. when he was making like the Statue of Liberty and stuff disappear. That's and when he was on TV. Something else. But anyway, so. But again, get... he could be named after David Copperfield, like the book too. So I mean, like. It's just, yeah. Well, it's true. in my it's in my head. So that's all right. 
So he's a wizard that he's a wizard that wants more soup, please. That was Oliver Twist. Oh, okay. He's Wrong a wizard, things. Harry. <laughs> oh, that's Harry Potter. Wrong All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> I think it's time to wrap this one up. Should yeah. I stalk, Should I try to get my hands on the 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 Dresden Files TV pilot, or is this something I should avoid at all costs? Nah, it's not. You should you should watch it just for historical reference. It's it's not that bad. It's just not the same as the books. Do they it's adapt the books good. at all? Just just like Netflix is about to ruin the no. uh, Last Airbender again. They're their own thing. So. They're not based on the, the story. That's another thing. Is why do you buy the why do you buy a character if you're not gonna do if you're not gonna bother to attempt what's already been done? Right. Because never be wrap my head around. Why why ruin the thing? You, you buy the thing to make money, only to completely change it from what was making money. Right. I, you know, it's like. Idiots. All right. So, besides buying characters and completely changing them, do you guys have any recommendations for the audience, JD? John, go John first. Oh, okay, John. Godzilla Singular Point. It's it's well worth checking out. You know, it's an animated Godzilla movie. It's yet another another take on on Godzilla's how Godzilla came to be, on his origin. But it's it's well worth it, and it's got Jet Jaguar in it who who kicks ass. So. I like it. Which Jaguar oh. does in fact kick ass. He does, even in this one. And, and if they come out with it, hmm? he was Ultraman before Ultraman. True. Right? Yeah, yeah. In Godzilla versus Megalon. Megalon. Mm -hmm. But and if there's a, if there's a second season to this, he's going to get even better. Like he just keeps getting stronger. So it's really cool. All right. Cool. JD, I got this in the mail. <laughs> nice. They came. I'm starting to fulfill the Kickstarter hardcovers. Everyone who got the Kickstarter should have the digitals by now. I got this book in the mail. The 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 first. They're not all here for some reason. Amazon decided to only ship one of the three boxes of books that I bought. Waiting on the other two to get here. That's always fun. Um, nice. But yeah, I'm very. This turned out the turned out really good. I redesigned everything. Like I, I I was not happy with the way my last set of books came up for them. So I actually designed the entire cover on my like this cover, but like the side, the spine and the back, I actually did these on my own this time, and I'm very very happy with how it turned out. So that's always fun. So yeah, when Sundown hits Amazon, which it will as soon as I can deliver all these Kickstarters, pick it up. Cool, cool. Did your brother send out the digital copies? But did it come no, from? I did. Okay, no. I don't know why. I'm thinking I got maybe it was someone else's campaign where it was like it didn't come from the actual person. The email address was like a different name, but the same last name. So like I thought it was their brother or something. Not this guy. Okay. Um, no, I sent mine directly through Kickstarter. I don't use like a third party or anything like that. Right, right. Okay. I should. It's easier. Yes. All right. Well, I will recommend that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week comic work reviews by our good friend d square and links to all our social media at the top of the page and i hmm, i know what i'm going to recommend yes if you can find one these are hard to get my guitar get yourself a a firefly guitar so i love it and that's the best 200 bucks i ever spent on myself so fair cool cool well on that note as always thanks for hanging out don't let you keep you caught in the door have a good week. <laughs>